Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What is humanity's highest potential? What is energy healing? And what do, quote, vibrational frequencies have to do with anything? Hello there, and welcome to the 311th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. But before we welcome our guest, it's time for our dear old weekly paranormal contest. So last week's question was, in what town in New England does a ghostly leg appear on the gravestone of, of the town's founder? Well, the correct answer was Bucksport, Maine, and the correct answerer was Linda Gilder of Bucksport, Maine. We have a picture of that monument complete. Oh, no, we don't yet. Uh, The Internet was down, so... Yeah, so... Well, at some point this week, we hope to have a picture... Eventually, we will. ...of that monument on uh, our website, and uh, once we get, you know, things back (laughs) on the even keel again, on the Talking Points page for the show at BehindTheParanormal.com. Interesting story. This is the grave of Colonel Jonathan Buck, who supposedly condemned his own fiance. There are different versions of this story. Uh, for being a witch or a murderer, uh, she said she would prove her innocence after death. And when Buck died, the, the outline of a female leg soon appeared on his stone. And the establishment was never able to get rid of it. And supposedly every time they cleaned it off, it reappeared. Now, I don't think uh, I ever did this with Ben, but uh, unless... Well, remind me if I did, but driving no, through Bucksport a few times uh, in the past uh, with his older brother, Jonathan, uh, we've stopped and seen this monument. It's very, very clearly marked on the thing. It looks like a female leg. Uh, the cemetery has an iron fence, and now it's got a wall, but the monument is clearly visible from the street, uh, Main Street, U.S. Route 1, if you're ever driving through Bucksport, Maine. Quite an interesting little uh, folklore tidbit there, and a bit of perhaps paranormal uh, as well. So on to this week's question. Uh, name one country in which weird metallic sounds have been heard coming from the sky in 2011 or 2012. So get that right and win a copy of Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny by my dad. Yeah, interesting phenomenon. We're going to be doing a show on that. But anyway, now to our guest. Joseph F. Mara is a doctor of nursing practice and had an established practice in Altoona, Pennsylvania, the urgent care center, until June 30th, 2011. Practicing traditional medicine in conjunction with the more holistic approaches, Dr. Mara is also a hypnotherapist, a Reiki master, and intuitive healer and spiritual counselor. According to his bio, he seeks to treat all areas of the body, mind, and spirit. His bio continues, uh, and I quote, Gently raised a Roman Catholic, and to put quite that way before, uh, he has always questioned religion and the tight box in each individual in that each individual is placed in. Um, her father didn't have to be B.F. Skinner, I wouldn't Oh, God, no. In regards to religion, anyway. Dr. Mara considers himself a spiritual person without the confines of a specific denomination as he remains open to his life's expression and to the road to enlightenment. His teachings have been heard all over the world on his Universal Talk radio show. We'll hear about that later, too. And uh, his website is www.aguidinglight, that's L-I-T-E, aguidinglight.com. All right, so Dr. Mara, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, very good. We're a little low on the audio there. How's that? Okay, better. Okay, uh, okay so- sounds better. I heard you make some sort of sound, so I guess you're with us. Yes, yes. Okay, Ben uh, is going to begin with our questions. Just, okay. Oh, no, actually, no. I, I, if, well, if, why don't we 
maybe he's got an opinion on that main thing. That, that's an interesting. Sure, go for it. All right. Well, uh, anyway, before we get to our main questions, Doctor, I noticed that uh, you've been on Paranormal State, the television show. Uh, yes. Okay, I, I shall not comment. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that must mean that you have some opinion on ghosts. Uh, and related material. So, provided the story really is legitimate, that we did you hear the story about the uh, that was based on our question from last week? I did not. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, briefly, it was a it's a gravestone in the town of Bucksport, Maine, and uh, the question was, what town in New England uh, has the the outline of, of a female leg on it, and the story behind it? And the story is true. I have looked it up. Was that the founder of the town, Colonel Jonathan Buck? Uh, condemned to death. I was uh, the one story says it was his own fiance, uh, but a woman as a, as a uh, either witch or murderer, one or the other. We know way back naturally. We don't do that. We haven't done that lately. And uh, <laughs> she has uh, the the stone later uh, when he died showed the outline of a female leg, and she had vowed that she would just demonstrate her innocence somehow after her own death. So, um, I mean, sometimes I think the phenomena. Um, will prompt the invention of a story in order to explain it, but supposedly this is all all holds together. I mean, do you have an opinion on that? How, how such oh, a thing occurs? <laughs> well, you know, considering uh, the, the number of sightings that people have and considering that uh, most people, that regardless of the religion, they believe that there's a spirit within this human physicalness. Um, and, uh, I mean, I've personally seen... Uh, apparitions, if that's what you want to call them. Uh, so, you know, I really believe that these things exist, and through my own personal uh, experience plus the research that I've done, and not to mention that numerous uh, amount of patients that come through my door that, you know, they're like, "Are you? do you think I'm crazy for seeing this, or oh, is this a phenomenon? Yeah. Oh, I just thought I'd throw that at you. Just, that, that's not in our main line of questioning for you this evening, but I thought you might have an opinion. It's an interesting oh, no, story. I believe in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it could be a natural explanation for the thing, but every time they do clean it off, it does uh, it does reappear. All right, so Ben's got our first uh, first question here. So, Doctor, let's get right to what you teach. What is humanity's highest potential? Oh, boy. Well, well 25 this words is or free. less. <laughs> okay. Each individual person has their uh, a potential, I believe, and uh, I mean there are so many variables in this question. It's hard to, to do it within twenty five uh, words, but uh, basically, I think every person uh, has a high potential to reach within each lifetime, and I also believe we live more than one lifetime. And um, humanity's highest potential is basically just raising in consciousness. And I think that's what we're all here for. We're all here to learn various lessons and to raise our uh, uh, our consciousness. Okay, so <laughs> on to the next question. So your bio says as you started, you started as a building contractor. How did you get from that to what you're doing now? You know, that's funny. I get that question a lot. Um, basically, I, I started out... Uh, in uh, going uh, into traditional medicine, and uh, just because of where I lived and what was available for work, uh, I just chose to open my own uh, contracting company, and it just grew uh, exponentially right off the bat. And while I was trying to put myself through school, I was doing contracting, whether it be carpentry, 
or uh, landscaping, excavating, block work, you name it. I, and basically, I, it, it helped me put myself through school. So it's kind of I was doing it as I was going to school, but it was kind of incidental as far as an employment to put me through school. It's a, it's interesting that you were a building contractor. Our the the our family had we have a little media company of our own, and along with this show, uh, we produce a magazine for building contractors, albeit oh, albeit in Rhode <laughs> Island. So um, when when you come home from a tough case battling a poltergeist, it can be a relief to write about uh, the cost of uh, not maybe not the cost, but paint colors or what I don't know, whatever uh, legislation <laughs> and that sort of thing. Anyhow. Um, when you speak about consciousness, what do you mean? Well, I really think that the human, uh, the human uh, being, if that's what you want to call it, is uh, encompasses so many things, like the spirituality part, the physicalness, the emotional, the mental. So there's mind, body, spirit that you almost have to look at when uh, you're diagnosing patients. I mean, for instance, patients will come through the door. And they'll tell me these psychic events that they're having, and a lot of other practitioners will just say that they're crazy, put them on a medication, and, you know, alleviate the underlying problem, if that's what you want to call it, when in fact, you know, some of these patients are having uh, uh, psychic events, is the best way I can uh, describe it. And... Uh, you know, if they're sitting there in front of you and you have to treat this, but you've never been taught how to deal with it, what do you do with the information? I mean, it's almost like you have to discern for yourself, is this person uh, psychologically impaired, which could be the case, or is it a true um, phenomenon of uh, psychic uh, ability? And uh, so it, 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 I don't like to tell somebody they're crazy right off the bat and say, well, if you, have, you need a medication, I, I like to research it a little bit further and see what types of uh, things that they're seeing, such as a near-death experience. I mean, there's so many cases of that that are um, that have been uh, examined, and uh, we really don't have a uh, an explanation for it. I mean, there's there's pros and cons on both sides of it, but when we get to the consciousness part of humanity, um, it's an awareness, it's an enlightenment, I guess you could call it, or a knowing. And uh, that's not well-defined either. Yeah. But basically when I talk about consciousness, you have to look at the, the human form and um, in many aspects whenever you try to define all these things. Yeah, you touch on but some things. I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Well, basically it's an awareness and some consciousness, and, and I think they coincide. Okay. And I think that some people tap into this higher. The psychics that I've uh, interviewed and I've had as patients, I think that they just, if you want to look at it, as they have an antenna. We all do, but I think that there is more fine-tuned, and they come in with this gift, just like other people can sing and some people can't, yeah. you know, or some people can dance and that. So. Yeah, and in some cases, certainly. Uh, I was just, but you touch on something that, that is familiar to me as well, having worked in psychiatric hospitals for, for years as a graduate student and as a seminary student. Um, I would often encounter the same Situations you apparently did, which is uh, particularly with schizophrenics, people who are diagnosed uh, as schizophrenic, and uh, I, I remember looking into their eyes. Sometimes, and very often, you get a, such a knowing look in return, and and I got the impression. I wonder: are, are these people uh, enduring uh, chemical imbalances in the brain, or are they are they really experiencing worlds that are actually there that we ourselves, who are supposedly normal, can't 
can't see. Right. Uh, and that, and I've addressed groups of psychiatrists on that issue when they, you know, when they, in public, they, you know, their eyes light up and the steam comes out of the ears. But then as soon as, uh, <clears throat> they'll sometimes come up and speak individually, then they'll say, well, you know, I've often suspected the same thing, but, you know, I'll, I'll lose my job if I say that. Exactly. So, uh, that's a, that's a, an open question and certainly one that uh, is invi- and well we get into uh, well we wanted to get into with you our, our ideas about multiverse living which seem seem to parallel some of your own ideas and uh, yeah. and I often tell people the trick is not to get diagnosed with a schizophrenic and have your pockets full of uh, you know antipsychotic drugs because right. if you balance it and keep your feet on the ground your consciousness in which in our sense is is simply being aware of all your parallel lives as one big super life. Uh, and all the wisdom that can come from that, and the learning from mistakes that you haven't made yet in this life, but have made in others, all that kind of yeah. thing can help you if you, if you keep your feet on the ground. So anyway, I'll try to interview you, you here, not me. But I, I did want to comment briefly on uh, your 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 interesting comment about the tight box that organized religion keeps people in. Now I don't yeah. I don't disagree, uh, but I should point out that there is another side to that. Maybe this is my years in the seminary that kind of showed me this. We're, we're, the, and you know, maybe you disagree, maybe, maybe you don't, but we're the products of a very insecure, immature, and egocentric society. We sometimes have trouble making the simple admission that there are people and institutions and traditions that know more than we do. And I think when we don't do that, we get in trouble because of our egos. And we find that a lot of the, the, the negative stuff in the paranormal will go right for your ego, build it up, yeah. and use you as a hot lunch. Um, anyway, organized religion can be incredibly destructive, but in its right mind, I think it can and does work for many people. So I don't. Do you? Right. I mean, do you admit that that possibility at all? Oh, absolutely. Look, the, the way I look at it is, um, I think uh, religions, all religions, in and of themselves, I don't think they're bad at all. In fact, I I see them. Well, as they a, sacrifice people to the gods. I mean, I consider that a little. Well. You know, <laughs> there's certain things that morality you have to look at, but basically most of the, the major religions that are out there, um, I think that, for instance, if you are uh, into, say, uh, heroin or you're a drug addict or something like that, and you and all of a sudden you find a religion that brings you out of that state of being, which is considered negative, and it brings you to a certain state of being, which is higher, I think that that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. But then, yeah. once you've studied all of that particular religion, and I just think that religion kind of has a cap to it, and you just can't seem to go any further, because within a doctrine, you have to be in the certain confines of religion. And the way I look at it is, I think there's way more than what we know, just like you said. And um, I don't think anybody on the planet has all the answers. I mean, this universe is so vast and so huge, that how could one person with this limited... I mean, look, we're only using, what, 8 to 10% of our brain. I mean, what's the rest for? The rest, you know? and the same well, with, well I, I can DNA. tell you what the rest is for. <laughs> but, no, I hear I hear you. Okay. All right, so, actually, I, I, I feel like religion, religion has a function it serves in society besides the whole, besides spiritual means. I mean, it, it clarifies rules. It, it sort, serves an important function in society, and not everyone is a high-minded thinker where they look for mm. the greatness in other things. So people like yourself try to find some greater meaning, If I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, in right. in life, and maybe certain 
religions don't fit that mold of what works for you. Yeah, you know, that's what I would, uh, and I'll go back to what I said earlier. It's, I, I really think it has its place for people that need to raise in an awareness or a consciousness, which we were talking about earlier, yeah. or a high, the way I like to look at it is a higher vibrational state. And if it brings you to a positive place, then I think it's great. But I don't think it's the beat-all, end-all that, you know, once you get to this and you go by your particular doctrine, um, I think some people might need that, though. You know, I'm not, that's why I said I don't mock religions at all. But I, I really do truly believe that there's more to it. And you, and some of the things that you can't get answers are at or from are the religions. And, and I mean, I've studied many of them and I've asked various priests and within the Catholic, uh, religion, um, and reverends that say Protestant or other ones. And everybody seems to have a different answer because it's their interpretation of their truth or the Bible or, so I think that each individual person has their own truth to them, and once religion brings you to a certain state of being, then you can search for further answers yourself if you so choose. Or it's okay to stay right where you're at. I don't like what I'm saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. All right. You said the word of the day in your statement there, which was vibrations. And yeah. we've had many people on the show try to explain what they mean when they say vibrations. And so far, we haven't had a clear answer yet. So could you please explain what you mean by vibrations? Oh, boy. So (laughs) you're right. It's difficult to put into words because there's so many variables that come with it. But I'll try my best. I really think that anything and everything that's perceivable and not perceivable, perceivable has energy to it. And it has a vibratory frequency. So it vibrates at an octave, almost like when you hit a key on a uh, piano. And the string vibrates and it sends out this particular frequency. I think everything, in, whether we can perceive it with our five senses or not, um, it has energy to it. And so if you look at it in the sense of everything is energy, then you start to look at, okay, what do we have as tools as a human being on this planet to perceive things? And you look at our eyesight, for one. Well, you know, the things that we can see within our, our particular vision as humans are, are a very limited within the bandwidth of light. We know that ultra, uh, or I mean, that the ultraviolet light and uh, infrared exist. We can't personally see it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So we're limited to our tools and our ability to perceive and, uh, and uh, to witness certain things. But the vibration or the vibratory frequency I think anything and everything has it. We just don't have the tools yet to measure it all yet. That's how I look at it. Well, it's just that, I mean, I have an advanced degree. I'm a rel- I think I'm a relatively intelligent guy, and I've been at this for 41 years in the trenches, seen and experienced things that would make your eyebrows fall off in the paranormal. <laughs> but, I mean, wh- wh- and I, but I, everybody throws, since day one has been throwing around this term, I think since the Fox sisters in the 1840s, of vibrations, and I mean, I mean, the garden variety physics interpretation of vibrations is all molecules vibrate. You know, they have certain, you know, I don't know if you call them frequencies, but certain rates of vibration. But if they vibrate too much, they fall apart or they heat up. I mean, so I, I, I've never quite gotten the connection. It just, it seems to me that people throw the term around. It sounds scientific. And, yeah. but I don't know. I just, I don't, we don't use the term ourselves. And I really don't, I've asked people many times on the show to, uh, what they mean by it, and, and uh, I don't. We just we still don't. 
maybe it's our point of view is so different, or or, or the term just doesn't illustrate. It. But anyway, let's let's move on. I mean, maybe we'll get it someday. Anyway, the, the multiverse and quantum physics is what drew our attention to you, uh, along with the fact that you were recommended as a guest by someone we respect very much. Um, how do you incorporate the, these ideas of quantum physics or the multiverse, particularly uh, into your work? Well, you know, you <laughs> it's very difficult to know everything, like I said. And I only know a little bit about the quantum and, uh, and uh, these... When we're talking about vibration, we're talking about energy. So we'll get back into that a little bit. As yeah, okay, sure. About. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about scientific things. So think about this Russian researcher named uh, Semyon Kurlian. Uh, and uh, he started doing research in the 1940s. And he took a photograph uh, by electrophotography of a leaf, okay? Yeah. And it showed an energetic auric field around it, which these psychics have Psychics have been saying for years, and now there's orc photography and all this kind of stuff. But what's cool is there's this leaf that has this energy around it, right? Well, what he did was he cut the leaf in half and took a picture of half of the leaf. Well, what showed up on the, the, the camera was actually an orc field of the entire leaf, not just half of it. Oh, yeah, I've, so, I've actually done that and seen it in labs when okay, I was working so right in Paris Okay, right now you know that there's a, a holographic principle of our our existence here and this goes back to our perception we have five senses that we can perceive and just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there right and you just said you did that experience their experiment yourself and, and it showed you yeah we were that, testing hey, the emotional responses of plants and the, oh yeah absolutely the other plants freaked when we cut the leaf I mean, it's right. so no other way to that's explain a, it. that's a part of the consciousness field that's sure. all the way around this planet absolutely that people yep. tap into so Getting back to the um, the uh, auric field and 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 uh, the principles of the universe, I mean, there's certain things that happen happen in the universe, and it's I think well, the way I look at it is universal law. For instance, like the DNA of the human body, you can almost extract DNA from anywhere. Say you get it from the liver. Well, you it has uh, it contains uh, say the pancreas cells in it. Okay, so you could recreate, if, if you were so sophisticated, um, a pancreas from these liver cells because the a part contains the whole. And I think that goes throughout the universe. Mm, oh, that's so, very true. Yeah, yeah. So here's another thing, just to just to go a little bit further with the research that, that uh, Curlian did. Um, it involved cutting a f- photograph of an entire apple in 50 pieces. They took one of the 50 pieces... And, and they used the laser light to pass through this portion of the photograph, and it revealed the entire apple. So there's so many things that we don't understand, but we're, we're, we're so easily dismissing them because we can't perceive them. If you can't see, you can't... Well, you know what? We're, we're coming into quantum physics here, and there's so many things that we just haven't uh, explained and explored yet. It just doesn't mean they don't exist. Though. And that helps explain all the things that, that I try to talk about. Sure. Yeah. No. No. It's true. Yeah. Well, uh, having experiment. Well, there were a few years ago there was some controversy about the 
uh, legitimacy of Curlian's early work, but I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I've done it, I've seen it, and it, it really does have these rather amazing effects. Uh, of course, yeah. implying the uh, the reality of many of our remote ancestors' beliefs uh, on the, right. the the living nature of all things. Uh, you go all the way to uh, Sir Fred Hoyle, the great astronomer, who, who was was a tremendous early influence on me, uh, who believed the whole universe was intelligent. You know, he st- and the right. whole Gaia theory, you know, because they stop short of saying the Earth or 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 the, or the the biosphere is a living entity in itself, but certainly an interactive system that that at least mimics a living entity. If I, I tend to think it is alive, everything's alive. Everything has a yeah, as the natives would say, everything has a spirit. So anyway, yep. um, so I, we're uh, we're going to move on to a quote or definition of what you do as a healer. And uh, you say, quote, utilizing the unconditional love of light energy from the highest sources of creation to allow each individual to receive a healing. What do you mean by that? (laughs) What I mean, and and I'll just go back to a person who walked this earth that did similar things, and that was Jesus Christ. If you want to talk about religion or who was in I mean, he's the most influential person, or at least well-known within the Bible. And uh, he said, you will do these things and greater things. And what I think he meant was that any person on the planet can do what he can do. It, and we're not limited. I mean, he walked this planet as a human being, but he had these gifts. And I think that's, when we go back to the uh, humanity's highest potential, I think he was showing us this is your highest potential. Yeah. You can heal yourself. You can heal other people. Here's an example of this. So I really think that um, these energies that he draws upon, we, we talked about one, the consciousness field that's all around us. I also think that because this universe is so vast, we can't perceive it, we can't see these energies, but if you truly believe it and you call upon them, whether you call it the universe or whether you call it God, the energies flow through you and to uh, a person who is uh, accepting uh, and that they believe, that's what it comes down to. I mean, there's a there's one of the variables is free will. And if you don't want it, of course you can say, no, I don't want it. I like who I am. I like the being the victim or the sick person. And, of course, you can't heal them. And you're not healing them anyway. It's these energies, you're just kind of like the channel or the conduit where the energy flows through you to the person with the intent of healing. And I think anybody on the planet can do it. You just have to practice it, and, and you just see amazing things happen when you do this. I think that's very well put. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, many times in paranormal cases, particularly poltergeist situations where things have gotten really bad, and the, the person has literally bonded, the victim has bonded with the what we call them parasites, these entities. And it's mm-hmm. a terrible job to have to go in and try and disentangle this. Especially, Absolutely. yeah, kids uh, will very often love the attention they're getting. Uh, they're not really too much too frightened or bothered at all in some cases, and I find that extremely disconcerting. Uh, right. Oh, yes, we have to take a break right now. Uh, we'll be right back. We're on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM, onworldwide.com in New England's beautiful but still snowless Blackstone Valley. And we'll be right back with our guest, Dr. Joseph F. Mara. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of Win Radio Was. I'm mighty Bill. Is that you under that blindfold? Bill, with this thing on, I can't see who I am. No, I imagine not. 
Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You can. When Radio Was, shows from the past for today's imaginations. When Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Okay, and we wanted to remind you about our wonderful little device that we've been advertising on our show, and that is the Amazon Kindle Fire. It's getting great reviews from people. And it is a marvelous device. Uh, apps, movies, and of course, books. Lots of things to do on it. Games, uh, communications, uh, various times. I guess you can even watch TV on it. Quite an amazing device, and it's only $199 at Staples and a number of other outlets and Amazon.com. You can get Certainly a four of my books over the Kindle, regular Kindle or the Amazon Kindle Fire. Uh, certainly Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny. And for you local folks, Rhode Island, A Genial History, which I wrote with Glenn Laxton of Channel 12, marvelous fellow, uh, excellent reporter and great historian as well, whose birthday I believe is today. I'll have to give him a call, Glenn Laxton. Anyway, uh, check it out, Amazon Kindle Fire and Amazon Kindle itself, which is only about $79 now. Prices keep coming down. Check it out. You will really love it. It's a great gift for any occasion or for yourself. Okay, let's return to our guest, uh, Dr. Joseph F. Mara, and we're talking uh, about uh, the nature of consciousness, the nature of unconditional love and healing and this sort of thing. And I was just saying that uh, certainly... Um, uh, is uh, well put, I think, the way he describes uh, the, the the healing capabilities of people. It's funny, Doctor, that um, the, the, some of the most ancient concepts, at least within the Christian tradition, are preserved within the, the Orthodox churches, the Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, etc. It goes really way back. And, and their concept of a miracle is uh, something I always find very interesting. A miracle in their theological definition is not something that is outside of nature, that, that, that transcends life and, and, and does something magical. Their idea of a miracle is something that restores the world to what it should actually be. Right. So tying that in with what you've just described about consciousness, uh, what you're describing is not the exception, it should be the rule. And maybe we're right. so I, unhappy and, and, and undirected and, and unfocused because we are fighting what we're supposed to be, which is gods and goddesses ourselves, maybe? That's it. That's yeah? it. You're exactly right. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Something we've been taught since we've been uh, children, that we're insignificant. But you know what? Like I said, that master, the master, I guess, that we know, or most of us know, is Jesus, said you will do these things and greater things. That's right. And I really think that we are masters of our own um, our own person, our own reality, if you will. And that's where it comes back into the dimension you were talking about earlier. Well, you also talked about the earth, and I really think that she's a sentient being the same as we are. The way I look at her is we're these little cells on her body, if you will, just like we have little cells that communicate and work together to make things happen within our body. And we, at a cellular level, we didn't even know cells existed or bacteria or anything until the microscope came out, but just because we couldn't perceive it doesn't, didn't mean it didn't exist. So Yeah, no, no, very true. Uh, that's uh, a very good example of the fractal nature of reality. and. Uh, chaos theory is that you know everything is a kind of an image of everything else. But there is another concept in the Eastern Christian point of view, which is I think is very interesting. 
when it comes to uh, this business about self-hatred that people often associate with Christianity, uh, that's not present in the early church. What was present was the idea of theosis. And yeah, there was a pagan notion of that too, but it, it came down through early Christianity, the idea that uh, how did, how did um, St. Basil put it, uh, God became man that man might become God? And everyone was all like, ooh. Every, well, modern Western Christians with it, with their, their unhistorical. Well, that's thanks versions. to Greek philosophers like Plato. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he's not our favorite guy. But anyway, th- there is the notion of becoming gods and goddesses in ancient Christianity. And it's a central, right. a central theme. So it's not necessarily foreign to what people, if, if they're in that particular uh, religious persuasion, right. should be, should be, uh, nervous about. But there's anyway. still the problem. Of individ, uh, this whole notion or illusion, rather, of individualism—that's that, the problem. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I can be a god, yay! I can do stuff for myself when that's not the perp- the purpose. Yeah, you of see, here's the problem with that. This, the variable with that is, this is a good point. Your ego. There's 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 a spirit and there's ego within each individual person. And our ego, the way I look at it, is something from birth that we learned all the lessons within this lifetime, and it makes us kind of who we are today. But there's also the spiritual aspect of ourselves that we have internally that we can all tap into that has a higher vantage point than what we do. It's almost like uh, the spirit would be in the center of a cornfield with a high ladder that you could climb up and you have this better vantage point or this view. And so when I talk about my spirit self or my higher self, I think that's a part of me but my ego has a limited view because it's the humanness that um, I have, or we all have. And I think that's part of humanity. I think that the, 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 the separation that you were talking about, I mean, we feel that way, or it's something that we um, perceive as separateness, but really, on a grander scheme, if we're looking from a higher perspective, we're actually all one. We're all energy, we're all connected in some form or another. Well, that's true, and a number of physicists who study consciousness have been saying this for, for a number of years, that the whole idea of the self is an illusion. It's a sense of self-reference, rather than right. just as a sense of, of individualism. And I think that, you know, with, again, as I often say, as with all due respect to the founders of, of our country and the um, authors of the Bill of Rights, etc., I mean, it's, it's a matter of, um, of being... One, and to re- realize that, that, that each of us yep. is a unique expression of all of us and vice versa, right. you know. And yep. it, it's a great unity. The whole notion uh, I often think of is, is the notion of Ubuntu, which is an ancient African, uh, I suppose, code of justice or code of consciousness in which everything you do affects me, everything I do affects you, and yep. everything we all do affects the worlds, plural, you know. Right. And, and that, that seems to be the thing. Um, and uh, much of the approach to, I suppose, the paranormal in general, and to, uh, and I often cringe when people who, you know, appoint themselves experts in the paranormal also appoint themselves as, as counselors to people who are having problems. I really cringe at that. Um, the, the, the approach is still very egocentric. You know, I can right. create my own reality. Well, that's not what it, we create our own, our own world ourselves. The world really is what we make it. I mean, what say you? Well, the way I look at it is with energy, um, there's, a, there's a law in the universe called law of attraction. And what yeah. you put out is what you bring back to yourself. So, you know, you can affect other people all around you by the decisions and the behaviors that you have. 
but you also affect your own reality. And, and again, it comes down to those five senses that we perceive things with and how these energies go out, because that's what we're talking about here, vibration, and how energy affects, you know, almost like a domino effect. And what I, what I believe is what you put out is what you bring back to yourself. So why not think more positive thoughts? And we've done research in this. Scientists have in the medical field that the more positive you think, the more positive you are, and the oh, more yeah. positive things you attract to yourself. And the healthier so this, you'll this be. What's that? And the healthier you'll be. Uh, oh, my God, absolutely. And you know, that's another thing with the human body is when you're thinking negative, that's that vibration that we talk about. A negative vibration goes with the negative connotation, right. and that's how dis-ease is caused. And so if you're thinking positive, and, and that's why I really think that laughter, when they say laughter is the best medicine, it's because it's a higher vibration. It's positive. Your cells get in tune with these higher vibrations, and it's a more of a normalcy or more of a balancing than the negative. Once you're at a certain state of mind or being or that your humanness, if you step into some negative, and what you're talking about, the paranormal, when you get into these negative states, you can feel it. Most people that are attuned anyway to do the work that you're talking about, you step into a place, if it's negative, it makes you feel like you want to either get out of there, it makes the hair stand up, it makes you sweat, it makes you sick in the stomach. Well, that's all negative. So yeah. when we're, we're trying to define negative, positive vibrations, it goes with your feeling. So I think that the human body is actually like your guidance system. So if more people would pay attention to their body, and certain areas of the body tell you certain things. Yeah, so if you're sick in the stomach, that. it's telling you something. You need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you talk about a new age of enlightenment. How do you see that coming about, and does that have anything to do with 2012? That had to come up. <laughs> yeah, we have, to bring up, we have to bring that up once every show. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that's a good question, and, and absolutely. It all relates. It's all... It's all part of uh, the one. I think there's uh, things going on right now with humanity reaching its highest potential with what they call the ascension process. And what we can't perceive with our senses so much um, uh, is this ascension, this raising in vibration. And I think that there, this happens for, from several sources in the universe, one of which is at the center of our galaxy, this black hole. And things are cyclical. We can measure this through the, the permafrost or the, the ice and all kinds of other things. But to be more basic about it, I really think that the ascension process, this 2012 phenomenon that we're all going through, I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as a positive. I think we're all reaching this higher potential right now, and most of us are forced to do it. You know, the ego we were talking about earlier, we are going to be faced with ourselves and we need to look at ourselves and what we've done over the, our past life or lives and it's going to come to surface so we can release it almost like there are cellular memories that are keeping us down like we were just talking about the negative feelings that we have I think that you know we come into each life some of us bring some of these cellular memories with us and you have to release them so you can ascend or go higher in the vibration I think that's what this 2012 phenomenon is about I don't think it's going to be mass destruction and doom and gloom and all this kind of stuff, and I don't think it's going to happen on one day, December 21st, 2012. Right. I think yeah. it's happening now. I think it's a process. It's going to be gradual. And, yes, I do think that Mother Earth is going to be changing. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as, like, the movie 2012, 
But, you know, she is a sentient being the same as us. And say there's, say you need your appendix removed. Well, you have a surgeon take it out. It's the same as her. Whenever there's a hurricane that comes through to wipe out a certain area, a lot of times it's a, 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 a poverty-stricken region or there's low vibration there. She's just cleansing herself is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly atmospherically, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm reserving judgment on this whole 2012 thing. I mean, how many times in history have people gathered on mountaintops at significant dates and people believe this, that, and then because nothing happened? Uh, but, of course, right. things are always happening. We've been on the edge from a nuclear standpoint since World War II or before that. And, you know, anything could happen at any time. So it, it's, right. I think it's just as presumptuous to say nothing will happen as, as, as it is to say that something will. I just don't know. Um, I don't have a good feeling. I mean, I do and I don't. I don't know. It's strange. We have our own theories about the whole 2012-2016 period that we picked up from contacts, uh, neighbors, as we say, in the multiverse in the course of our paranormal work. Uh, it's not psychic or anything. It's just uh, rubbing elbows with, uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of life out there. So whatever happens, I don't know. But, uh, Ben, do you have any comment on that? Because I don't know if it's all warm and fuzzy, but uh, there are plenty of people of stature who believe it's going to be a positive experience you know if anything happens at all so well, i just find it interesting that there are just people there there are some people we've had in the show they're like oh we're all gonna die everything's going to explode and blah 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 or there are there are other people that we've had unlike yourself that say it's gonna be a positive thing well let, I, me, let me explain that let me explain that while you're while we're right here i really think that this goes back to that belief system that each individual person has and it also re, uh, reflects the law of attraction so if you're a person that's putting out fear and doom and gloom and telling everybody that, guess what? That's your, what you're going to attract to your own reality. Mm. And how many times have people been in, say, a hurricane? Well, unless you're in that moment with that person, you can't see the total destruction and the reality that they're into. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with the yeah. 2012 phenomenon. So if you're putting it out there, if that's what you truly believe, that's your re- reality. So why not stay on what we call a, there's a positive or a negative timeline, a lot of people call it. Why not be on the positive side and think positive thoughts and go in a good direction rather than in the negative vibration or a, a negative timeline? That's one of the variables that most people, you know, we can't prove it, but I just see it all the time. So yeah, if, you're, yeah. if, if you look for it, you see it. Well, still, I, mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It's absolutely valid, but I think there are negative factors that must be considered for one's own self-defense. Obviously, uh, I think, and one of these is is uh, well, I don't know. Well, maybe well, for like the consciousness, consciousness and mind and stuff, it's going to be an awesome time. But physically, it, it may suck. Well, I'm thinking of of other <laughs> other life forms. Now, you've, you've got now, often in in uh, interviews like this, the little, um, for lack of a better term, aliens uh, stick their shiny little heads, uh, you know, in, in, in into the conversation somehow. There are plenty yep. of people who feel that, that uh, whatever consciousness uh, shift is occurring, if, if there is one, is very positive, and part of that positive nature of it is, as the exopolitics people might say, um, positive contacts from uh, alien, whether they be um, multidimensional, uh, extraterrestrial, or, or whatever, you know, somebody else who might have our best interests at heart. Um, what is your whole position? Do you consider that is any sort of a factor in any of this? Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, ben, you know. I really think that there's a, a multiverse. There are extraterrestrials. And um, 
some of the extraterrestrials are time travelers. It's just us from the future. But there's other beings that are from other dimensions, these higher dimensions. And yeah, I mean, we know some of them. The whole program of ourselves, of it itself, is a lot of people. They'll they'll be okay with the paranormal stuff sometimes with the ghostly realms if they've seen it. Some people don't even believe that. But each step, it's like you're like if you take a step from the astral realm, which is the paranormal, like you're talking about ghosts and demons and all that kind of stuff, to ETs. That's too far of a stretch for some people. So you know it. It depends on an openness of each individual person. If they're open to even exploring it or seeing it, and if you're open to it, you're going to attract more of it just to prove to yourself that these things really exist. And that's what happened to me when I, I mean, I traveled this whole country back and forth and all over to Gettysburg, to Washington, to the East Eddy Ranch and James Gilliland. And I mean, I've had all these personal experiences and um, research that I've done that you can't convince me otherwise. And, and the best way I can describe this, like, for instance, my mother, she wanted me to come back to the Catholic Church. She's like, oh, I just wish you'd come back to your faith. And I said, Mom, I said, um, when did you start believing in Santa Claus? And she said, well, since I was a child. And, and I said, well, when did you quit? And she says, well, when I was eight years old. I'm like, well, why did you quit? Well, because I know he doesn't exist anymore. I said, well, that's like me going back to believing in Santa Claus now as I'm a 39-year-old adult that knows that it doesn't exist. I can tell you some you stories about Santa Claus. You might reconsider your position. So to speak. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, the point is that, um, you know, once you've, once you've experienced it and you've proven something, to your, you just can't go back. So, and that's where I've, I've seen some things that just people wouldn't believe, even if they saw it with their own eyes sometimes. And, uh... So the ET phenomenon, I absolutely believe. And when we're talking about vibration, we also talk about dimensions. I think that we're, and this has been proven, a lot of this, what I'm telling you, has been proven scientifically that there's multi-dimensions out there. And we know that. Fourth, fifth, the whole way up. Yeah. Okay, so if we can all agree on that, then we know that we were, at least we were in a third dimensional um, realm. And I think we're going into a fourth, and some of us a fifth. And that's what this ascension process is about. Well, maybe just to clarify a little bit of that, uh, so if you talk to some people who have said what you said, and, and we, we agree, uh, it's the reason for that is because of the electromagnetic phenomena going on in the galactic neighborhood lately. Everything's right. kind of flattened out. There are a lot of weird electromagnetic and electromagnetics is what kind of is the glue that kind of holds the multiverse together. And we actually have photographs of what we believe are world boundaries that are made up of plasma and electromagnetic energy, and uh, the, the boundaries seem to be thinning. So that fits right. in pretty well with what you're, you're suggesting. Exactly. So, so go you ahead. Sorry to interrupt. There's, there's what, no, no, that's, I'm glad you brought it up because there's this veil that's before us. And I think this is my true, this is my belief. I think that we're spiritual beings living out a human experience. And I think, like you said earlier, I think we're all gods. But just think of it this way. Like, if I came here and I was born onto this planet in a third dimension, which I was from a higher dimension, say, fifth or higher, and it was so light and, and, and blissful, if I didn't have a veil before me or blinders on to know my true potential that I could get out of here and go back to heaven or wherever the bliss is, I wouldn't be here. So I, I look at it as though we decided before we came here to incarnate into this lifetime, this time, and this dimension for various reasons. And if you knew your, your highest potential, you wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be here to experience some of the dense, 
that's kind of how I look at it and make it right in my own mind that there are higher dimensions and we do have a higher potential. And, you know, a lot of us, when we pass on, uh, I don't think we ever die, especially after all the research with the near-death experiences that I've done. You just go to a higher plane of existence, which you could call it a dimension if you want. And um, there's an astral realm, which we've been talking about, which I think is separate than the dimension. I think it has to do with the consciousness field that's around the Earth and in belief systems and things like that. All right. You mentioned something interesting. You mentioned you did research with near-death experiences, correct? Yeah. I got into a discussion with someone who's my my friend's mom, and she disagreed with me that because I said, well, people have near-death experiences that don't always have to do with Jesus Christ and God. And she was like, no, that's right. not true. She's like, they're all about the same thing. So what would you respond <laughs> with? My response is... Uh that, again, we each have our own truth, and because of our our consciousness, and I don't want to call it a level, but for lack of a better way of putting it, we have to kind of rank it just to understand it here in humanity. But I think that wherever your awareness is, if you truly, within your ego and your spirit combined, like whatever your belief systems are, if you wholeheartedly believe in Jesus and that's the only way, then guess what? Whenever you cross over, that's what your reality is going to be, at least for a while, until you get processed, or I don't know how you want to term it, but there's this huge world of consciousness out there, and I think it has to do with belief and your level of awareness. And I think that there are also levels of soul growth here. So say there are people that incarnated into this thing with a baby soul compared to someone who has an ancient soul. And this goes, some people don't even believe that we have more than one life. So, you know, some people will have a hard time with this, but I think we live thousands of lives, and I think, how could one person get it right the first and only time you come here, you go to heaven or hell? That was my biggest problem with religion, my religion. And also that, you know, my faith told me that if you're not a Catholic, then you're going to hell. And I thought, well, holy hell, if there's somebody on the other end of the planet, the other side of the planet, that's a baby and dies, you mean they're going to hell? That never made sense to me. Well, that, that's not the teaching, course, actually. No, but in any case, you know, I see what you, we're kind of running out of time, but we'll, we'll have to continue this uh, duel of the idealists here. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, well, that's not actually the teaching. The trouble is that the teaching wasn't often conveyed to young students such as that. And I came up through the Catholic school system and, and, and 10 years in the seminary, and it was uh, there were a lot of... Anyway, I, I see your point. You're right. Um, it, 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 I have a real problem with the notion of of uh, finite crimes sending finite beings to infinite punishment. I just, I can't believe it. I, I can't respect right. anyone who does. And uh, I just don't believe that. The, and and there, there was an ancient controversy in the early church that in a way is still going on that eventually all will be saved because nothing else would square with the justice of God. So uh, these are all yeah. things for, for another day, I suppose. Um, but again, I, I, I mean, uh, thank you for being with us. We, we, uh, maybe understand things in a little bit different terms, but I think we're pretty much on the same track. Tell us about your website and are, are there any books in the offing? Well, you know what? I'm working on a, a book right now. I, I, I really need to get back to that. I started it and I, I, uh, been moving around here just because I've been kind of, uh, being led by my heart instead of my head right now. And, uh, anyway, uh, my website is uh, a guiding light, um, and uh, l i t e right dot com. And then uh, I have two other websites. Uh, 
uh, my girlfriend and I have a, a website. It's uh, energyessence.info. And uh, then uh, my other one was universaltalk.info. And that's where I did a lot of the research, a lot of my interviews, and I put a lot of things up. And I also have a YouTube. It's Universal Talk. Okay. Is it Universal what? I didn't quite get that. Universal Talk. Oh, Thought. Universal Thought. Okay. Uh, T-A-L-K. Oh, talk. Universal talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. What can I say? <laughs> no comment, please, Ben. All right. Okay, very good. Well, well, Dr. Mar, it's been a pleasure. Very interesting conversation. Thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Very good. You are welcome. Okay, Dr. Joseph Mara. All right. So uh, let's, I guess, we're pretty much down. How many minutes we have, Miss Producer? Three. Three. Okay, all right. No time for any emails, I guess. Uh, websites, of course, you can contact us through BehindTheParanormal.com. You can also get information about our guests, future and past. Lots of information and, of course, well over 300 podcasts of previous shows on all sorts of paranormal topics from uh, the three networks we've been involved with here, including this wonderful folks, the wonderful folks here at WON 1240 AM uh-huh. here in in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, in the Boston Providence area. You can also buy my books, uh, you hear that, buy my books, uh, on that website as well. You can subscribe to our newsletter, which is just about ready to get started again. I know a lot of you have been subscribing. Uh, we had a computer change in July. We're st- just getting around to getting the newsletter back up and running again. Stay tuned on that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be weekly anymore. There's just not enough time for that, but as soon as we can uh, get it back to you, we will do that. You can also apply to become a show reporter on the site. We have reporters pretty much all over North America. We could use some in Europe and elsewhere. Uh, there was a fellow in India who had applied to be a reporter, but he didn't send us his email address, so we can't no, no idea how to contact him if you're listening. Um, send us your email address. Anyway. Um, so Ben, uh, I guess so. We yeah. have well over 300 podcasts now, and they are all free, and they are available at our show website www.behindtheparanormal.com. And these include the Rendlesham shows of the Rendlesham UFO incidents of 1980 at the air bases in England, uh, with the witnesses present 16 hours if you have the time uh, to listen to all that. And it's uh, <laughs> things that have never been revealed about that case. People who have never been interacted on it either are on that series. So check that out as well at our website. So many thanks to our producer, Denise Richards, and we'll see you next Monday, July, I should say July, January 23rd, right here on WON, 1240 AM and worldwide.com when Ben and I will take the show for the first in a two-part series on possession and exorcism, from my own experience. And on our regular CBS radio edition on Sunday, January 22nd, in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, we'll welcome famed British author, adventurer, and researcher Richard Freeman for Adventures in Cryptozoology. And just a quick quote from Pablo Picasso, that great but very strange Spanish artist and apparent multiverse expert, everything you can imagine is real, unquote. And with that, thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.